Hello and welcome back here at Feeling Terrific. Today I have another colleague of mine with me, but a special colleague, I would say, and uh, I hope it goes the, the, the same way. Um, I, it's Galadriel, Galadriel Heinrich. Um, she's uh, again outside um, of Germany, but she has the German quality mindset, <laughs> so that I can say. But uh, we will dig deeper into that later on. But uh, yeah, the first question to, Gula to you, Galadriel, who are you? That's a great question. Thank you, Christian. So my name is Galadriel Heinrich. Um, my last name sounds German, but I am French from the south of France. Some people might know Montpellier. So my hometown is right next to Montpellier. It's a very pretty um, fisherman's town and very beautiful in the summer. And in the winter, it's a little bit uh, quieter, should I say. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been living in Ireland for the last nearly 15 years, and that's a long time. Um, but uh, it's been like, it's been a really nice experience and I don't want to go anywhere, to be honest. Maybe if you invite me to Germany, I might consider, but for now I'll stay in Ireland. <laughs> you you um, are invited. You are invited thank indeed. You. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and yeah, so I've been working in service now since March uh, 2023. Still smiling, still enjoying? Absolutely. No pressure. Absolutely. A lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, uh, but it's, I have a great team. So I manage the GSD France team and I have a good, good, solid team. Everybody's very motivated, uh, very inspired. And uh, yeah, I feel like uh, it's only the beginning of a great adventure. So I, yeah, I, to answer your question, yes, I'm very happy to be here. How, how did it come that you are now in Ireland and not in France any longer? Um, ooh, nobody asked me this question for a long time. Um, so I uh, graduated uh, back in 2008. I was studying uh, my MBA in international management and marketing. And so right after that, I thought, okay, I need to leave France. I need to explore. I need to, you know, travel a little bit and uh and so I happened to have my first job in Ireland. So first job in Ireland, uh, fell in love with the tech industry. And then one thing led to the other. 15 years later, I'm still there. So I think it was, uh, I think it was the two things combined, you know, the great country, great people, super friendly. I feel, I feel the love, you know, in Ireland. I don't feel like an outsider or an, or an expat, as a matter of fact. And then the tech industry has been really good to me. I found my feet. I found my career and uh, working as a leader in global sales development is as well. I think my calling. So, yeah, all together, I feel like the stars are aligned. So, yeah. How would you describe your journey, your career in tech so far? I would say it hasn't been smooth sailing, right? I spend the beginning of my career working as a renewals manager uh, for um, a commercial and enterprise uh, for the French market and also Benelux, so for the French-speaking markets in Europe. I, I spent eight years uh, in renewals. And when I was working in, the, in these jobs, I was thinking to myself, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to specialize on a product? Do I want to specialize on a um, particular size of companies? Do I want to um, grow vertically, you know, become a manager? And there were so many questions. And I think the 
choice of organization really helped me define what I wanted to be and then mm-hmm. where I wanted to go. And so I moved up into leadership back in 2019 with Salesforce. And then I moved into Google Cloud and, you know, then I joined Tableau and now I'm here in service now. And I feel like those companies have very um, strong values that were that I really could relate to. And I know it sounds fluffy to a lot of people, you know, um, but when you find a company with colleagues who you can rely on or you can just turn to and ask a question and you're not on your own you have a support system a very solid support system and that's that's for me the one important thing you should ever look for uh in any job if you have a strong network around you and you know you can you know uh ask for help really uh, and you can get, get the help. Uh, and also, I think, you know, with another layer of work-life balance, because that's super important, you can be passionate and 100%, 150% invested in your job. If you don't have that work-life balance, at some point, you're going to burn out, right? So, um, and I think I found I found it here in service now, all of this, what I mentioned. And, uh, and, so, and so, yeah, so at that point, I feel super lucky to be here. I I have recruited people as well, new hires in my team. So I, you know, I have like uh, 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 some people who are there before me who taught me the ropes and how to use the systems and everything. Taught me about the products. I really rely on my team to teach me, you know, the inside tips and tricks. And then the new hires are this new wave of energy, you know, who are going to uh, bring like a. Um, new like excitement motivation you know to uh like a kind of a senior team so you need to find a balance in that as well so yeah i don't know if i answered your question i kind of went on a tangent here but um yeah i uh so yeah to answer your question my career has been has been rocky but it's been exciting and i think that the one thing that was constant throughout this last 15 years has been change and i think yeah if you can uh, embrace that change and uh, find the angle, you know, uh, to, you know, define what you're strong at and what you are passionate about. I think you're onto something. Yeah. You answered the question, you know, and you did much more. So you over-delivered because you provided much more perspectives we can we can touch on, you know. Um, maybe let's, let's go back to the support system, you know. So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but... It's one thing to have a company that provides you kind of the framework with the culture and stuff, right? But I'm wondering, does does it come or is it is does it come automatically the support system? Can you take it for granted or do you have to work for it? Well, you know the answer to this question, but uh, but I'm wondering yeah. about your thoughts. <laughs> I, I I think the support system is something it's a living organism okay so you need to find it so for example when i joined service now i made sure to show my face to the floor to introduce myself to my stakeholders uh and to the aes as well i try to make sure that people knew my name but also saw my face right they could put a face on the name uh and that's super important because then if they need uh help or if they have a question they know who to turn to also, a support system is not only you asking for support, right? It goes both ways. So you need to be ready to 
give support as well. Um, hence why, you know, going back to what I said before, it's very important to understand your strengths um, and your passions so you can be clear on your um, branding. You know, you can you can share to the world what you are strong at and what you're passionate about so people know exactly, you know, what to ask you if they need support. Um, so, yeah, and as you go on, you can't expect, you know, for people to be available all the time. So you need to have a wide you know, network, a wide support system, uh, just to make sure that, you know, you're surrounded with the best and the brightest. Uh, and you need to be, I, I, I like to, uh, to think that, you know, my support system is uh, much more, um, you know, informed and much brighter than me. Um, and I, I feel very humble and grateful when I, when I, you know, ask for help, um, and uh, and I make myself available as well. Um, and again, like, you know, you can't know everything. So if someone comes for help or for support, um, you don't have to have all the information. You can just know where to find the information. And that's as powerful, I feel, than having just all the knowledge available. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. Um, wondering, when it comes to the support system, uh, as you just mentioned, you are trying to have a network, a support system that is, in general, yeah, brighter than you. you. You mentioned it like that, right? From a mindset per, or yeah, mindset perspective, what kind of approach do you have, or how, maybe it changed over time? But for example, when I think about it, it could be also the case that you that somebody could think like, okay, am I worthy enough? You know, I think such doubts um, would come up, right? Did you have those or do you have those or how did you overcome if and what's your situation? I think we all have it in some shape or form. We, we all have what we call this imposter syndrome. Um, I, You won't believe me if I say that I used to be much more shy than now and I used to be much <laughs> less <me>. outspoken. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I used to have a lot more doubt and uh, I... If you had, you know, asked me to come on this podcast uh, 15 years ago, I probably would have been blushing like a tomato um, and sweating uh, more, much more profusely. Um, but uh, I think it comes with um, experience, uh, uh, life experience, and also work experience. And you, 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 you kind of define yourself as you go, you know, in your career. You understand, um, like again, you know, you understand uh, who you are. Uh, what you're able to produce, what you're able to uh, share with people, what are your strengths. And I'm not saying that, you know, you have to be an expert in one topic or, or several topics, right? You could just be knowledgeable and that's, that's enough, you know? Like I can count maybe on one hand, if, if even the number of people who call themselves experts, um, I mean, you know, as long as you have some, information that can guide people into the right direction i think i think that's that's enough and so to come back to your question about you know doubt self-doubt and uh you know this imposter syndrome i think it never really goes away i think you learn how to handle it i think you learn how to take control of your breathing you learn how to speak lower like you know you know in a in a lower tone you pace yourself better um and you also learn how to take a moment before a big event or a 
podcast or whatever, you know, to find, um, you know, uh, to, to put yourself in a corner and, you know, collect yourself and just think, okay, this is going to last maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes uh, of quality time. I need to give my best and then it will be over as things happen really quickly, you know, so you need to make sure that, um, you know, to remember that it's only a moment in time and also that the people in front of you are people, right? So you wake up in the morning, you have your conflicts, you brush your hair, brush your teeth, you know, so we are all the same at the end of the day. So um, um, I like to have a, a laugh, you know, at um, at myself as well, you know, when I find myself uh, a bit too stressed I just think, um, come on, we're just, we're just all the same. We're people, right? So, um, I, I like to crack a good old dad joke. I'm very good at dad jokes, unfortunately. And, uh, and then things are easier. You break the ice and then, and then things are smoother. So that's how I handle my, my self doubts. And, uh, I think, I think I'm doing pretty good. You know, I, I'm quite happy with myself so far. Um, and hopefully, what time it will even be easier in the future. Do you think that, I mean, having imposter syndrome from time to time is one thing, right? I think what comes with it or should come with it is then also self-awareness and self-reflection. Having said that, do you think, or what are your thoughts about when I say that it is part of the basis for personal growth? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> is that a question or is that a statement? Um, it's a, it's a statement and I would like to know your thoughts. Maybe you agree. Yeah. Maybe you disagree. I why not? Why not? I absolutely agree. I think, um, we need to be self-aware and that's for sure. What is the challenge lies in understanding how you see yourself and how people see you. Right. So, you could be seeing yourself as very strong in one particular topic and very weak in something else. And then if you ask your peers or your family or your manager, uh, then they would see another strength lies in you that you have probably never noticed. Um, and so that's why it's important to not only have a self-reflection moment every now and again, but also be open-minded for feedback. And uh, when I say feedback, I say, you know, positive feedback and also constructive, right? Constructive means there is uh, an area for development it can, and you can act on it, right? Um, and I know feedback is scary as hell. Having someone sitting in front of you and telling you, you know, you're strong in this, but you're not so strong at that. And that might hurt your feelings, you know, that might hurt your pride. And uh, so you need to be prepared. You need to be ready for, you know, um, Criticism, because that's what it is, right? But uh, I like to think of it as um, as a as constructive feedback, and and I always always remind myself that whatever it is that you know I need to improve, um, it's only for the best of my personal self and my career development as well. Yeah, no, that's a very good point and quite a good. Yeah, we can quite at could add quite well on it with uh, another thing you mentioned earlier, right? So branding. Branding is one thing that comes how you act in a company, the stuff you do, how you talk to people, how you build your network, etc. right? What kind of 
thinking did you what kind of, of what kind of perspective did you have when you started your career of branding how did it change and what impact does your leadership experience have on it wow so at the beginning of my career i didn't even know about personal branding i saw myself as a very green professional um, who had a, very much to learn and i didn't really know how to go about it And when I explored my first steps, um, it kind of naturally went into, oh, I'm going to create a LinkedIn profile. 15 years ago, I did that, my first job. And I thought, okay, so I, I kind of attached my personal branding to that, which I didn't know yet. Again, was it was my personal branding. But I thought if I need to put a face on my career or on myself as a professional, uh, I'm going to compile all the information and condense it and bring it to life on LinkedIn, right? So that was the first thing. And then as I went on, I realized that I, I had to make a connection between that social interaction, this social person I was on LinkedIn and bring it, and bring it into my my uh my workspace right because at the beginning i kind of found myself again i said i was a little bit more shy and i was less outspoken and um uh i, I didn't really use my voice as much as i do now so i had to learn for myself how to bring this linkedin galadriel into the workspace and so 15 years later i find that There's no gap between the two people. Um, and I am not only, you know, developing that part of me, you know, developing my career and using not only LinkedIn into this personal branding, but also me in the workplace. Say, for example, you know, um, participating to volunteer initiatives. This is not just a picture that I'm going to put on a post on LinkedIn. This is something that I will speak about in the workplace. This is something that I am going to, you know, um, you know, promote, uh, you know, with my colleagues and try to get people on board and kind of foster a team around these initiatives, right? So, um, and I'm going to push this to my team as well. I want my team of Uh, new professionals, because as the RSI quite new in their professional career, I want them to feel inspired and I want them to feel like, um, you know, this is, there's no mystery really on how to be a manager or how to grow a career. You know, you have to do your job, you have to achieve your KPIs and you have to achieve your targets. But there's this layer of, um, Uh, socializing, volunteering, of just being a people person in the workplace that is very, very important. So personal branding is not some kind of uh, a magic, mystical thing, you know. It is everything that you do every single day, online and offline. And uh, I, I try to live and breathe those values every day. Uh, but I need to pinch myself every so often and remember, you know, that, um, okay, I've posted a lot that I haven't spoken so much. Okay. Let's, let's bring me back into pushing, you know, um, my, 
my values into the workplace. Like sometimes I feel like we are so, it's so easy, right, to post online. It is so simple. You just, you know, at the lunch break, uh, in the evening, you just check your LinkedIn. Oh, I haven't posted in a while. Let's do this, right? But then you're not connected with everybody on LinkedIn, right? So some people are bound to not see what you're posting. So you need to make sure, you know, this goes into, this goes offline and into the workplace as well. Um, and like, for example, around Christmas time, I make, you know, I, I did my last team meeting with my team, uh, brought some chocolates in, wrote a Christmas card to everybody, um, just made sure that, you know, again, I bring the personal into the workplace. And that makes such a difference, I think. Um, and it makes people smile. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a good, uh, that's a good, uh, you know, an additional point as well. So. You know, what I really like is um, how you talked about inspiring people and especially the, the SDR, so the early career talent kind of, right? I'm wondering, is there a reason or what is or was your thought process when it comes to choosing the junior profiles to manage them, to lead them, to inspire them, to empower them? I think um, you can't inspire people by just saying, I want to inspire you, right? So um, you need to be, I as a manager, I spent a lot of time when I started uh, in this role uh, connecting with my team as a team and also with every single individual. You need to get to know them on a work front, but as a, as a personal, you know, on the personal front as well, you need to make sure to understand, you know, their hobbies, who they are, their personalities as well, what makes them excited about the job, what brings them down as well, because we can't go on a high all the time. We have some moments where we'll be less motivated or less inspired, right? So, so the first thing before even thinking of inspiring people, I try to make sure that I understand who they are. And, uh, and then I like to share a little bit about me too, because people won't open up unless you open up too, right? So it's a two-way um, relationship. And then inspiring for me is um, leading by example. So I try to put my money where my mouth is. And so when I ask my team to be diligent in for example, logging their activities on Dynamics or being on time when delivering uh, a piece of information or showing up on time to a meeting. Um, I am the first to actually do that because I want to show them that their manager is, I, I like to say, I like to see myself as maybe the, the, the base standard of what you need to, to do in the role. So if the manager shows up and you know, applies everything that they say, then the team is more than likely to mirror that behavior and uh, and act on it, as a matter of fact. Um, and then there's another layer of, you know, it's very difficult as a manager to um, be motivated 100% of the time, right? Because you have a team. I have nine people at the moment. Everybody has different personalities. Everybody has a different um, uh you know, level of energy as well. So I need to make sure that I find in me, I find my own fire, if I can say, um, and I find my own ways to self-motivate myself. Um, and by doing that, you know, and sharing how I do that, or maybe 
you know, uh, showing up to my team every day with a new idea or a new initiative or, um, you know, maybe some great news, you know, that I share, you know, about the numbers or, uh, or something that came up about someone who was recognized for um, producing a big deal, then the team gets used to different ways of uh, of being positive, of thinking positive, of being motivated, and then and then it grows on them, you know, and uh, and then again they mirror that behavior and and they kind of uh, include it in their own day to day behavior and uh, in their in their own uh, like ways to self motivate. Um, I hope that made sense. I'm not quite sure if I, if I do make sense. Wondering about your leadership style. I mean, you mentioned that you have been also with Salesforce and Google Cloud, right? And now with ServiceNow. How did it evolve over time? What's kind of the evolution journey? Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. So um, as a young leader, I mean, a new leader, because I'm still young, um, <laughs> as a new leader, I think in 2019, I was... Uh, I was finding myself as a leader, you know, because um, the team is going to be naturally, uh, you know, interested in understanding who you are as a person and as a leader, and they're going to test you. The team challenges you. Even when I started here uh, in March uh, 2023, I, I, I found myself challenged by the team, you know, um, so when I started as a new manager, I felt a little bit more, uh, I felt the pressure, you know, to show up. And I felt the pressure to prove myself to myself, to the, my team and to my management. Now I know who I am as a leader. I know who I am as a manager. I know what I I'm able to produce. I know the successes I've had, and I feel I've, I still feel the pressure from my team at times, you know, because everybody's very, you know, everybody's demanding. Everybody needs time with their manager, which makes total sense, and I'm here for it. Um, but I would I would feel less uh, um, like uh, I would have less self doubt. At the beginning, imposter syndrome was through the roof, and now, now I I wouldn't doubt myself as much because I know, I I know how to handle the situations better, right? So, um, and again, it comes with uh, not only work experience or career uh, growth, but it also comes with life experience. And you know, as you grow older or wiser, um, you know yourself better, and so you know what you can put up with what you can't accept and you know how to um keep the status quo you know on a balance you know so um and learning how to manage the status quo is really interesting it's uh again it's a work in progress improve things is one thing but omg we need to like we need to give them uh you know um to give them positive feedback, positive affirmations, like uh, reinforcement, positive reinforcement, affirmations as well, by the way, but positive reinforcement. We need to show them they're doing a good job um, because then they will feel like they are actually part of the team and they are bringing something positive to the team. Um, so happy is the word. 
you know, it's really great to see that um, you self-reflect and that you are also being vulnerable in a way. I mean, for example, I mean, I, I'm not a manager, right? But I can imagine when, but also if you're not a manager, right? You're also the leader in, a, some, in some way. So the thing is, when going to someone and saying, hey, I have been wrong, I'm sorry, it's also showing kind of vulnerability, right? But at the end, I think that's also the yeah key to to success in terms of a relationship, as you mentioned, with trust and respect, right? So really, really great to see. Thank you for that, Galadriel. Um, we are almost coming to an end, right? Um, however, I wanted to to tackle yeah another thing: the impact of being a leader and uh, a woman, right, um, in tech as a non-techie. Did you? I mean. What's the journey looking like? Nowadays, it's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's also kind of sometimes um, attached with cliches, right? Sometimes with imposter syndrome, sometimes with whatsoever. How How's that? How was that? So I think at the moment, we have a lot of focus on bringing people into STEM uh, in school. And so... The topic of digital transformation, AI, Gen AI, you know, like this is very uh, much top of mind. But we need to remember that uh, there is a slice of the organization, a, a big slice of the tech industry. I think I saw a report from Glassdoor that says that 56% of employees in the tech industry are non-technical. So... Without those non-techies, you know, the tech industry wouldn't be able to function, right? So um, so I feel very proud to be a non-techie. And um, being a woman in tech as a non-techie is a great achievement in my uh, direct uh, family. I'm the only one working in tech. Um, and I promise you, when I started in this career, I thought to myself, wow, so I can't code. I can't put a, la a computer together. Um a very, very little technical knowledge. Like, why am I even applying for a job in the tech industry? And I thought, you know, people would um, see, you know, the imposter behind the CV. But then it so happened that, you know, as a non-techie, there's no being an imposter. You know, you have your own set of, um, I wouldn't say like uh, Liam Neeson, you know, I have a set of skills, you know, that I've collected throughout the years. Um, but, but we do, we have soft skills that are transferable and that are very powerful. So it doesn't matter that we don't have this heavy technical, technological knowledge. Also, we need to remember that a not technical employee is not the same as a non-technical person. A non-technical person cannot even use a smartphone, has very, very little technological knowledge as in on an everyday basis. But a non-technical employee uh, can use a CRM system. We can uh, use, you know, connect a laptop to a screen. We can uh, use our phones to work. You know, they're so much technological um, uh, uh, tools that we use. So, uh, so we are technologically savvy, but not as much as an engineer would be, you know, developing technology. Um, so, so yeah, so I'm very proud of that. And uh, also being a woman in tech as a leader is, uh, it is 
I don't want to say it's challenging because once you find your feet, once you have your support system, I mean, I I have great colleagues around me, have great uh, managers from all types of, uh, you know, teams and departments. And uh, I, I know I can trust them if I need support and they know they can come to me too. So um, I, I find that I would love to have a little bit more representation, of course. Uh, but also I know that my uh, VP is a woman. Um, and there are women, you know, gravitating in, you know, the organization uh, as leaders. And I aspire to be one of them someday, hopefully. Um, and, and also when I have recruited my three new hires, I made sure that I, one, had the best candidates for the job. But I also looked at, you know, diversity. I wanted to make sure that the job description went not only to the top schools, I wanted them to go into every university and business school and uh, and other engineering school as well, because I wanted I wanted a diverse crowd to see the job ad so that I had a diverse pool of candidates to choose from. And as a matter of fact, out of the three that I hired, uh, I hired so uh, two SDRs. Uh, one of them is a woman. And the LDR is also a woman, not just because I chose them, you know, because they were women, just because the pool was diverse and I chose them because they were the best. This is a great shout. Thank you for that, Galadriel. Um, quick question. Do you have maybe two more minutes? Can we overrun Absolutely. two minutes or so? Cool. Um, so we have uh, something uh, here on the show, right? So the previous guests asked the next one a question. So I would like to go with that for, for the end of our conversation. What would you change if you would knew that you just have seven more years to live and why? Oh, my God. Wow. Um, so if I knew I only had seven more years to live, what would I do? I would, I think I would be bolder um, than I've ever been before. And I try to be as bold as I can, but knowing that the time is limited, maybe I would do the things that I'm maybe a little bit more scared of, uh, maybe reach out to some people to organize some projects I have in my mind, but I'm thinking, well, I have time. And what if they don't answer? What if they say no, you know? But um, yeah, if I, don't, if, I, if I had limited time, maybe I would think, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to wait to, you know, wonder if, you know, I need to do it now. Um, and now that is actually very interesting because I'm thinking, what if I did it now, you know? Maybe I don't That's need to, the question. That's the question. I don't need question. to uh, think that, you know, I only have seven years to live. Maybe I should just, yeah, milk it and just make it happen now. Thank you, Christian. That was a really cool question. Um, it wasn't my question. It was on previous guests, so I don't take the credit for it. But it's, thank it, you it is indeed a good question. question. That was really good. That was really, really good. So I'll, I'll keep you updated on, my, on the progress of this. Yeah, I hope we will see a LinkedIn post uh, for this uh, topic. Absolutely. However... What question would you like to ask the next guest? Ooh, so we are in 2024. Um, and I know that, you know, the, the, 
the question I should ask is, okay, what is your New Year resolution, right? So that would be the that that would be the question that would be expected. So I'm not going to ask that. I would say, what is the New Year resolution that you know you're going to keep for this year and you're going to make happen? So not just any New Year, New Year resolution, the one that you know for sure you're going to get done. So we will take uh, this question offline because I'm curious what yours is going to be. Um, but thank you, Galadriel, for your time. It was a thank real you. pleasure. And uh, over to you for the last words. My last words are thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, it was a pleasure, Christian, to be with you. I wish you a very happy new year and I wish all your dreams come true. And if there's one thing you need to remember from this episode is be all you can be. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.